A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you flat-out carry the company with your work, but they'd rather you leave than have any say in what's going on, would you give them exactly what they asked for? We'll get to that in a bit, but first cost of $40 per month is too expensive for the accounts team. My work involves analyzing all kinds of data. This instance occurred around the time when our company was somewhat new, but still large enough to have 150 employees and rapidly growing. So far, our data analysis had been retail companies, travel agencies, or even the housing market. For the first time, we received a request to analyze health data from five hospitals in our area. The health data is very sensitive. So the raw data itself and the analytical result could not be shared via email or Dropbox. For the first time, my team gets to see that sensitive companies go through channels that have a lot of security to share the data between us and the client. These channels cost money, but nothing too expensive which our organization couldn't afford. Something like $40 per month? 4 out of the 5 hospitals have this data sharing channel which meant that my team was able to receive the raw data and also be able to provide the analysis via the same channel. The fifth hospital was new and they didn't have this channel. Either our company or the fifth hospital needed to have this channel. So I raised a request with the accounts team to purchase this channel and it's denied. Myself and my manager both raised it again and also discussed it with the account supervisor and it's approved verbally but declined on the system once again after two weeks. We try again for the third time after discussing it with the higher accounts manager and still no approval at the end to buy this channel. It's declined and we've been told it's the hospital's responsibility to share the data. And if we reach the hospital, they'll ask us to reach the health ministry, which then asks us to get in touch with the local member of parliament, etc. So just a lot of bureaucracy that I shouldn't be managing. While this entire request of data sharing is being worked on, the time for us to receive and analyze this data is running out. We're waiting only on a single hospital's data which is ready to be sent to us, but only via an appropriate channel. So I've had enough. I find out from the health ministry email response while working on getting the hospital to buy the data sharing system that the data can also be shared practically. Specifically, if I was to take a USB with me to get the data physically at the hospital and also return the output to the hospital the same way, this practical data sharing capability is deemed entirely safe. And that's what I started to do. Every Monday, I drive 30 minutes to the hospital at 11am, go to their admin team to retrieve the data in my USB, and then drive back to my work, reaching at 1pm, then I go have lunch at 1pm. I repeat the same task again with our analytical output on Thursday. Our contract is to analyze the health data for the whole year. After doing this for three weeks, one of the upper management people whose office is opposite my desk starts to think that I've been taking a very long time for lunch. From 10am to 2pm, he comes to my desk and asks if everything's okay and why I was away from my desk for four hours. I tell him the whole story. He is not happy at all. The cost of that data sharing system is nothing compared to the cost of paying my salary while I physically collect the data every single time. 
He puts the accounts team into their place by finding out that they approve of this system verbally each time and then deny it every time after a few weeks. And literally that day, we have the system all purchased and then installed overnight. Although, I do miss the bi-weekly travel while listening to music to only do a copy and paste of files into and out of a USB drive. Honestly, if I was in OP's shoes, I'd be pissed. This is like the perfect start to the day. You get to just chill, take a drive, listen to music. You kind of just chill for four hours and then start your job finally at 2pm. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, what is it with takeovers and colorblind management? Reading a few stories here, and I immediately think of how this year went for me. A bit of context, I worked for the same company for the last 20 years, and recently started thinking about options. I had a second job which I really enjoyed, and did really for fun and for a little bit of cash to spend on boys toys. It was never going to pay my mortgage. Over the COVID pandemic, we were all sent to work from home, and you know what? It worked! Most folks on the team got more done and had a significantly better work-life balance. Right at the start though, the company was taken over, and that was the start of two years of changes. The first was an attempt to cut everyone's pay by 10% because COVID. The company is in online payments, and COVID was a real money spinner for them. The CEO and CTO bragged that they gave up their salary for six months to sweeten the 10% pay cut. What they didn't do was give up their bonuses or options, and they did really well out of that. Top tip for CEOs or CTOs and Fortune 500 companies, your salary packages are posted publicly. We knew what you got. Roll the clock forward to the summer. The CTO and CEO are awarded a huge pay raise to compensate for the time they gave up their salary. At the same time, staff were told that there was no pay raise forthcoming for them, as there wasn't the money to do it. They also cut long service awards, so my expected service bonus evaporated. Then they had a town hall meeting and there was a lot of heated discussions on pay and the cuts to the recognition scheme. Then came the sledgehammer. Everyone had to switch back to working in the office. There was an option for continued home working, but that would require a reduction in salary to reflect the savings made in commuting and time spent commuting. I asked what other options were on the table and was told that I could always look for another job. The timing of that was perfect. I'd been looking into other options for increasing my work in my second job and I was told that I could have as many hours as I wanted. I made the call as soon as we left the town hall, asked to go on full-time hours and got approved immediately. The following Monday, we all had to go into the office full-time again. I walked in logged into the network, and I handed in my notice. Here's where the fun really kicked in. We were asked to give three months notice, but if you gave one month, there was no legal recourse. I also carried over quite a lot of vacation from the previous years and had eight weeks to take. I gave the month's notice and requested a month of my vacation immediately. There was a sharp intake of breath and a very shocked face from my manager and the sudden realization I was out of the door that day. If you're going to tell someone to just look for another job, don't be surprised when they already have one. You also should have a plan B in case a person leaving was due to meet with a client later that week. Although it's really nice to hear how OP got out of the situation, I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, 
You know what? It sounds kind of par for the course in a Fortune 500 company. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, the bottom line is they want workers to work for the least possible amount where they can at least continue to churn workers as much as possible. I mean, look at Amazon, for example. They've done it so harshly that there's some areas where they're running out of people that they can even hire because they've churned through all of the possible workers. The real kicker is they give you a great salary to start off with, like, oh, $19, $20 an hour. And then the longer you work there, your wage actually starts decreasing. That said, our next story is vote with my feet? Don't mind if I do. In my old role, compliance for a financial institution, we used to be split into two groups, investigations and alerts. Alerts did the first level of processing of items that came in and then determined whether they should be escalated for further review, sent to investigations, or closed out. Alerts was expected to get through 8 to 15-ish items per day, depending on referral channel and other factors, while investigations was lucky in some areas to get through two per day. Some cases could take days or weeks to do. I worked in investigations, specifically within Treasury, which was considered the most complex area, and I primarily dealt with the high scrutiny slash high complexity items, like law enforcement referrals. I was also the main trainer for Treasury, particularly complex cases, and had created all of the training materials and processes. Additionally, I worked as the point of contact slash representative on the procedures management group, so I knew them inside and out. What it boils down to is that I made myself the keystone species of the department, albeit inadvertently. As it happens with any organization, there was an ebb and flow of employees in our area, but for the most part we stuck around because we were treated fairly, enjoyed our work and had senior leadership who actually tried to understand what we did and why we did it. We weren't dealing with people who thought they knew better and who would make arbitrary decisions for the sake of implementing change and saying that they did something. Sure, it wasn't perfect, but it worked pretty well. That all changed when they decided to merge alerts and investigations together and make everyone do everything. Things went downhill quite quickly, especially because the leadership that was given control was from alerts. As far as they were concerned, a case is a case is a case. It's not. And you should be able to get through all things quickly. You can't. And they're all created equally. They aren't. They put undue pressure on folks to get through the caseload far faster than feasible. If you do it right anyway. 
and removed all specialization which made it incredibly difficult to get in the groove of the work because different areas had different expectations and procedures. To add to that, they promoted people who had no business being elevated, Peter Principal anyone, and ignored tenured investigators who should have been first up. All that did was piss off the good employees and create a whole bunch of post-turtles in leadership roles. As one would expect, attrition skyrocketed. They weren't paying us nearly enough to deal with the BS, so people left for both internal and external roles at alarming rates. When the pandemic hit, we were, for the most part, stuck. Hiring freezes galore, and there's always a fear of leaving and then getting screwed and being jobless during the disaster that was, is, the world. A bit more background, at work, I've always had a reputation for honesty and for speaking my mind, sometimes, often to the chagrin of senior leadership. As far as I'm concerned, you can't complain about something if you don't try to fix it. So when everything was at peak awfulness, I said something on a call with the aforementioned senior leadership, knowing that it was unlikely anything was going to change, but at least I would know I tried. I was later pinged by one of the managing directors in our overarching department. Not up my direct reporting line, but in the same organization. We'll call him C. I worked with C a number of times over the years. He had a rocket strapped to his butt, and was perfectly content to ride that puppy until he could go no further. He is definitely a bit of a yes man, but that's what generally happens when you're in that type of role. I'm unlikely to ever become a yes woman because it's not my personality, but it takes all kinds, and you never know what might happen in the future. When C pinged me, he asked if I could chat and give him some details about the situation. I knew I had nothing to lose, C, Keystone Species. So we got on a call and I explained the problems and my opinions on proposed solutions. More staffing, revert back to specialization and case types, pay industry standard, have leadership work on acquiring a better understanding of the job so as to be able to make more informed decisions, etc. Nothing unreasonable, though I knew that it was unlikely any of it would be done. C's response? Vote with your feet. About what I expected, but I was impressed that he went right out and said it. Especially because we knew the whole department would be screwed if I left. I'm sure he figured I would never leave. After all, I'd stayed for almost 8 years already, even though the awfulness didn't truly start until fairly late in the game. Fast forward a couple of months to summer 2021, I'd been focusing on finding another role. I'd been even trying to before talking with C, but that gave me renewed incentive. I was being particular about what I applied for, because I didn't want to leave for the sake of leaving, especially knowing that any internal move would mean I was stuck for a year, and I didn't want to risk screwing myself out of something perfect by jumping the gun. My caution paid off and I was offered an amazing internal opportunity that pretty much fit me like a glove. I kept my move quiet for a variety of reasons, only telling my manager, but I knew that it would eventually make it up the chain. I just wanted to keep it as quiet as possible for as long as possible. Well, a week or so before I was scheduled to start in my new role, I got a ping from C asking me to hop on a call. He had seen the leave report and wanted to ask me why I was going and whether he could convince me to stay. They couldn't. I got on the call, video, and when he asked me why I was leaving, I looked at him and said, Well, see, I'm just doing what you told me to do. He gave me a cocker spaniel look, complete with head tilt, and I just smiled and said, I'm voting with my feet. 
The satisfaction I got from the look on his face when he made that connection brought me so much joy. He was so crestfallen. It was just chef's kiss. All I can really say here is if it gets to the point where you're giving ideas to the company and the company says back to you, vote with your feet, aka pretty much voicing your opinion by leaving, there's probably often not going to be a great amicable solution in the end. I mean, how do you get told from your company, yeah, we don't really care. If you want to do something, you can leave and voice your opinion that way and continue working there with a smile on your face. Like, at least give the placating, we'll talk about your concerns, thank you, this is great stuff. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.